Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. We can always cope with one of the slides being in the wrong spot, but we can never cope with the vicar leaving the microphone on and singing. So (laughs) thank God for small mercies. As we look at chapter 18 in Matthew, we are looking at a section of the gospel that talks about what, what life would be like in the community of Christ, in being what we are today, people that hold the cross as our guide and ask the Holy Spirit to empower our hearts. Chapter 18 starts off with this innocuous, um, seemingly innocuous discussion about the little ones and how they fit into the church, which prompts instructions from Jesus on the way members of the community should live in relation to each other. And these instructions are set within the Galilean ministry, within the Jewish tradition, within the area that Jesus was living. But they still apply to us now. We can't discount what the message is for us today. Because as a community now, we are no longer the authority on moral and ethical matters. We are like the church was in first century Jerusalem. We are just one voice out of many. So what makes us stand out? What allows, what allows your voice as a Christian to allow someone to listen to it and be empowered by it and find eternal life? What does that mean for us today? And these are challenges. These, are in, these challenges were at that time were about power and conflict, scandal and pastoral concern. We have power. We have power issues in our, in our nations. We have conflict. And we certainly have more pastoral concern than I think we've ever had. As we relate to each other in and about the body of Christ, we are free to liberate everyone else around us from death, from spiritual death and the things that will lead them astray. The Gospel of Matthew clearly moves us away from the law into God's grace. But this is not a cheap grace given carelessly. It is a costly one, one that costs the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and brings us into full identification with Jesus as part of his suffering and love. If we want to live as a community of Christ, we have to honour that cost. We can't let ourselves look at others that are not in the church and deny them a space in the church and we cannot allow for unholy and unrighteous behaviour to exist in the church. We honour the cost of Christ's sacrifice by remembering that no one is inconsequential or unimportant. Every person that is created, every single one of us here and every single person outside the church that is not worshipping with us, counts. And God continually operates to bring all people to eternal life. And he does it independently of the person. I'm not sure if your testimony has moments where you kind of denied Jesus, but somehow when you look back, 
you knew that Jesus was always by your side and never let you go. I have a testimony about that, and it's a very strong testimony that reminds me that Jesus never left my side, even when I decided not to listen to the gospel. So Jesus will continually come to you, continually look for you, and continually empower you to live so that you can have eternal life and be with him at the end. The story of the lost sheep is readily understood in the area that Jesus said it. When I went to visit Israel, there were many hills, many mountains, many places, caves where you could get lost. And I stayed very close to my tour guide so that I wouldn't be one of those lost sheep and uh, hold up the, uh, the bus from where, where it was going. But you can easily get lost. So saying to people that you're walking along and then all of a sudden there's a sheep lost is a very real thing. And at the end of the day, they'd count the sheep and then backtrack to see if there was one, if they didn't have all of them, they'd backtrack to find the one that was lost. But what does that say to us about our God? Our, the God that knows every star in the universe, every planet, every sand on the beach, every hair on your head, if you've got more than I have, you've got plenty for Jesus to count. But what does that say? It says that you are not inconsequential because whatever's happening in the whole universe, you, people outside this church, are very important to Jesus, very important to God. And you must recognise that he wants you and he loves you and he will never depart from you. We see the equality of our place in heaven by the way the angels interact. Our guardian angels, whether you are the prime minister or one of the little ones, they still go to God and bring God's messages into your life and care for you as God wants to care for you. So we are all equal before God in a way that is amazing. And it's one of the few places that we actually have a statement that we have angels that surround us and keep us and try to bring the message of Jesus before us so that we don't get, so whilst we're lost, we don't get too lost. So God's concern is so great that you have a spiritual guide by your side each and every day. So, if this is an instruction on how Christ's community should live, then how are we going with the idea of reaching out to those that aren't here? How are we going with the idea of reaching out to those in our families that might have strayed from the message and don't have Jesus at the centre of their life? Are we acting as angels who see the face of God and then go out and bring the new good news to those around us in our immediate circle of influence? Is that you? Is that the person you are? How are we going with the idea that in our post-COVID time, there are some people who were worshipping before with us and still haven't come back to church? Have you reached out to them? Have you called them? Have you sent a message of invitation. The biggest difference to people coming to worship is that you are proud of the church that you are and that you invite people to that space to be with Jesus. How are you going with that? We count the numbers of church that come to church, 
But I always say to the bishops, I say it's nice to count the numbers of the people that are in church, but if we're being completely biblical, there should be a column that says, who were we expecting in our church today that didn't come? It's nice to know that who came, but how many people can you think of that you would expect to come to our church but aren't here today? They're the ones we've got to reach out to. That's what being a community of Christ is. It's nice to be together, but we're not forming a club. We're forming a mission and ministry to the community, to those around us. You are that part of that mission and ministry. And then Jesus speaks to us about honouring the cost of his sacrifice by remembering that we are God's holy people and we are called to live out an unsurpassing righteousness. There is always danger for those that are in the church to move and stray away, to feel anxiety and worry and fear and anger surround you so that the message of the gospel starts to become less strong in your heart. So you move away from what God is saying to you. And as church, as, as the community of Christ, what Jesus is saying to us is that he's incumbent on us to see where someone is losing the strength of the gospel in their life. To approach, hey, I've noticed that you've been a bit distant. You haven't been going up for communion. I, I, when, you've been, when we've been sitting in prayer, I've seen you kind of drifting off in your thoughts. What's going on? Are you okay? What can we do for you? And sometimes we do it deliberately or sometimes we do it unknowingly. But when we let those unrighteous things into our life, it can be, it can be a journey that starts in a way that we don't want to go. And every person that has gone in a journey that starts off with unrighteousness and unholiness, can I tell you, Satan doesn't take you from being a worshipper and a believer to being a complete unbeliever in one hit. Because that'll be, too, that'll be too easy for you to know. Oh, I'm holy and righteous and now I'm cheating, I'm, going, I'm gambling, I'm, I'm letting my family down, whatever it might be, all in one day. Satan takes you on a journey. You become resentful. You become angry. Each step turns you away from the gospel. And we've got to catch that. We've got to catch those little moments that take you away from being with Jesus. And it's okay, we're human. Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect, but he does expect us to strive. As, as the reading says today, he asks us to talk to each other and encourage each other to strive and live faithfully to the gospel. Because that is what the cost of, of Jesus shedding his blood meant for the whole world. To bring everything back to God, to bring everything back to his Father. And as I've listened, as I've started, as some of you that are new may not know, but I started here just over 18 months ago, part of what we could see in that time was some of the hurts and resentments and anger between people that have argued in the church or between the worship centres arguing with each other. There were discussions that people shared with me about things that had happened for the 5, 10, 20 years. And when we started to bring people together, when we started to do this biblical passage of getting people just to talk to each other, 
You had an argument with that person. Come on, let's, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk it out. Great healings have happened. Great moments have happened. And as we have great healings and moments for people that are within the church, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is bringing other people to us, to sit with us, to worship with us. We had, a couple of weeks ago, we had, 100, we had 90 people, so we, were, we still got 10 sheep to find. And I'm not saying we had 100 people here, but across the parish, because we are one parish. We don't count what's just here as what's happening in the parish. It's St. Linus with St. Matthew's. And we had 90. Praise God. How amazing is that? So where are the other 10 sheep to make that 100? Where's the, other, where's the next 100 to make 200? Where's the next 800 to make 1,000? Because if I was to do the census, there's about 78,000 people that aren't here that should be with us. So what do we need to do in order to keep that journey to become a healthy church and to keep walking along those roads? As hard as they might be, we are called to do that each and every week. So we have in our own church at the moment a great testimony on what it means to heal and to restore holiness and righteousness, which then leads to people feeling comfortable, which then leads to the Holy Spirit bringing others to our parish. And then all of a sudden, the people that are new start saying, I feel like I'm at home. Wow, you guys did that. You guys are doing that. But we've got to be mindful that that process isn't a once and for all process. It's a continual evaluation. It's a continual introspection. It's continually looking at ourselves and what we do to make the person that doesn't believe in Jesus have a space to wrestle with their faith. Not to be told what they should do, but to hear, oh, you're struggling. Well, I had this struggle, and this is what happened to me, and this is how I resolved it. Testimony is what we need. And we have testimony in our church. In the 18 months I've been here, we've got testimony in our church as to how Jesus and the Holy Spirit is working through us in our community. And then can I suggest that if you are, looking, if you are feeling like your own life is not feeling quite blessed at the moment, maybe you need to just look at how things are going for you. Really analyse it. You know, is this holy and righteous? Is this not? And be brutal with yourself. And if you can't find where things are going wrong, for you have a chat to someone. Have a chat to two or three people in the church. And if you need some time with me, book a time. Everyone's got my, my mobile number to, to book a time, so it's published. You can always have some time with me to say, well, Rob, I'm just feeling like there's a dark cloud over my life. What's going on? How can I deal with it? Because being holy and righteous before God is where we start. And when we start that process, Jesus and the Holy Spirit do the rest. As Ezekiel says in our reading today, God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn back from their wicked ways and live in holiness and righteousness before God. It is not the will of our Father in heaven that anyone should be lost. As we sing praises to our Father today, declaring ourselves as a community of Christ, 
Don't let those words drift off and be meaningless. Continue to pray for yourselves and for others so that God will change the hearts of those that are not here today and worshipping with each other as well as the hearts of those who are here today worshipping with each other but feeling a bit lost in themselves, feeling a bit of a dark cloud over them over the moments of their life at the moment. That's okay. We're human. But in our humanness, let's be the angels of care to each other. The Lord be with you.